Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian nutritionist. On today's episode, we are going to spend some little bit of time on our Health Tip Tuesday talking about osteoporosis. Um, we are continuing our health series, and since women are more likely than men to develop osteoporosis, we are going to talk about that today. Typically, before osteoporosis becomes something, you may have heard this idea of osteopenia, which is weakened bones. As those bones continue to weaken, it develops into osteoporosis, which is something that you may have heard of, which is brittle, brittle, porous bones. So they kind of have like holes in them and they are, because of that, less, you, you will have less bone strength, less bone density and, and just less overall strength, which was going to put you at risk for falls or fractures. Women are more likely than men to develop osteoporosis four times as four times more likely than men. And women over the age of 50 are going to be at greatest risk because they are postmenopausal. Typically Caucasian and Asian women um, tend to develop osteoporosis and women who are thinner and have less bone mass may um, also be more at risk because they are thinner. They just don't have as much bone mass to begin with. And then that puts them at risk for developing osteoporosis. If you have a family history like grandparents or parents that have had osteoporosis, you will be more likely to develop it. Women with a history of eating disorders like um, anorexia, bulimia, or just overall restricting what you eat related to just at different periods in your life, you may also be at risk for developing, um, for developing it. Um, some diseases that put you more at risk would be things like bowel diseases, including celiac and Crohn's. And maybe if you have any kind of IBS or IBD, that's pretty severe. You may be at risk for developing it chronic steroid users. So there's lots of reasons why people would be on steroids. Some of them could be transplant or lupus or arthritis or asthma, MS, something like that, where you're on and off steroids for some parts of your life, you may be more at risk for developing it. And your physician may have already put you on um, calcium supplementation. Other medications, including um, medications for cancer and seizures and maybe acid reflux may also increase your risk. Uh, Anybody, especially a woman who's had thyroid or parathyroid diseases is at risk. Also, kidney disease may be at risk for two, especially if you're on dialysis, you may require calcium supplementation. And then lastly, um, people who are who are who have had bariatric surgery so whether that be a sleeve or a ruin y surgery typically with those surgeries you may you will need vitamin supplementation for the rest of your life some of that vitamin supplementation is calcium and vitamin d because you are at risk for developing osteoporosis when we talk about osteoporosis, we, you know, it's important to understand this idea of peak bone mass and bone mass in general. So typically as women, by the age of 30, your bones are going to be as strong as they will ever have been. And this is called peak bone mass. It occurs in early adulthood, usually before the age of 30. 
But then after 30, so when we're in our mid 30s into our 40s, we start to lose bone mass. But by the age of 50, or when we when we are in considered in menopause, so that will differ for women, the bone mass becomes much greater than it had been previously. And so menopause causes lower estrogen levels. And then that just that idea of having lower estrogen causes a higher bone mass and a higher bone, a higher bone mass loss. So over the age of 50 with menopause, as estrogen becomes lower, we lose much more bone mass than we would have at any other point in our life. Research shows that within five to seven years of menopause, women can lose 20% of our total bone density, which is devastating. Why this is so important also is because as we age and as we start to lose this bone density, that puts us at risk for developing osteoporosis and thereby broken or fractured bones. We're going to talk about some things here because we've talked about the risk factors that are not modifiable, but what are modifiable are lifestyle factors. Lifestyle factors including poor diet, lack of exercise, how much alcohol we're consuming, and tobacco tobacco smoking. So let's talk about how we can reduce our risk. Well, first, I want to get the tobacco smoking out of the way. Tobacco or smoking in general is going to be or can weaken your bones. So the the modifiable factor would be to quit tobacco smoking. And that also includes having secondhand exposure. So making sure that, you know, you are, um, you know, if that's something that you want to do, just know that that's a modifiable factor and that that can help, um, preserve and maintain your bone mass. Um, if you stop smoking. So now let's get into the diet part here. So the main thing with diet is getting enough calcium and vitamin D as women over the age of 50 will require more calcium than women under 50, again, because of those, because of menopause. So women under the age of 50 require calcium about a thousand milligrams a day. Women over the age of 50 require 1200 milligrams of calcium per day for bone preservation. In addition to calcium, Vitamin D is also important because you need it for absorption of calcium. So vitamin D is also 400 to 800 IUs of vitamin D a day. Most calcium supplements are going to have calcium and vitamin D if that's how you're getting your calcium intake. Women who may need more, you know, we talked about at the, we talked about just a couple minutes ago, disease states that may require or may put you at risk for osteoporosis risk. So in addition to those, um, you know, we talked about the chronic steroid use, if you have celiac or inflammatory bowel disease, but vegans are also at risk for developing osteoporosis. There are, um, when it comes to calcium, you can either take it in by your diet, that's typically anywhere from two to three servings a day of calcium, the serving size varies according to, you know, how many calories you need a day. So again, we're not counting calories here. So we're going to talk about like, um, you know, if you're somebody who's a pretty small frame and you weigh a little bit less, you may not need as much calcium as someone who is a larger frame and may weigh a little bit more. Um, you know, so it's calcium from diet is always best, but then there is calcium supplementation that people take as well. When we talk about 
um, vitamin D, vitamin D is important as it helps absorb the calcium that is consumed. And again, you may be getting some calcium and vitamin D from any multivitamin or any supplement that you're going to take, but you may need to take some kind of supplementation if you're not getting enough calcium and vitamin D in your diet. Calcium rich foods include things typically milk products. So that's going to be like your milk, your cheese, your yogurt, things like that. And that's why as a vegan, you may be more at risk for being deficient in calcium because you don't eat these products. And the products that you do consume may not have the same amount of calcium in them as milk containing products. There are other non-milk sources of calcium And these include green leafy veggies and sardines are a big one. Um, If you are somebody who takes calcium supplementation, just know that there is a different, there's different forms of calcium supplementation. Typically the two that you'll hear most are calcium carbonate or calcium citrate. Now calcium carbonate is, has a lot more calcium in it per serving, but but needs to be taken with food. And so some people can't always handle calcium carbonate. So even though it has more calcium in it, it needs to be taken with food. It needs to be taken with food for a better absorption. And it may not always be as, as it may not be as tolerated as much as calcium citrate. Calcium citrate has less calcium in it, but but it may be better absorbed, especially if you are unable to tolerate calcium carbonate. The caveat with calcium citrate is because it has less calcium in it, you may need to take more tablets to get the required dose of calcium. In general, you know, when you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably better absorbed in quantities of 500 milligrams or less. So if you are somebody who needs to take a thousand milligrams of calcium a day, it may be, it may mean taking it once in the morning and once at night, if you're not eating enough calcium. Um, so that's with calcium, you know, that's with calcium, how much your intake is, and then also the supplements. In addition to calcium, you will need vitamin D. So vitamin D sources are things like fatty fish, like um, salmon and tuna and mackerel. Any fortified milk products or cereal is also going to have vitamin D. And then also vitamin D you can get in sunlight. So in the summer months for wherever you live, having that sunlight exposure is going to also increase your risk of vitamin D. Those at risk for vitamin D deficiency are going to be people who avoid the sun, wear a lot of sunscreen. Um, it, you know, research has shown that women who are obese or who live in a location with less sunlight are also going to be at risk for vitamin D. So that's why a lot of times with the calcium supplementation, it'll be calcium and vitamin D. One caveat before we move off of this would be making sure that you, um, in terms of your calcium supplement, you don't want to overdo it either. So with, you know, calcium is something that has an upper limit. So if you're taking supplements, especially, you don't want to overdo it in terms of taking mega doses of calcium because the research shows that there can be some with any supplement intake. There can be, um, 
you know, there is an upper, upper limit for calcium in general. So it is possible to get too much calcium, whether from diet or supplement. And, you know, one of the things that um, happens when you take too much calcium is they're afraid that there is, you know, can be kidney stones. Um, there's links to heart attacks, things like that. So it's all in moderation here when it comes to calcium and vitamin D, making sure that you're getting enough to get your bones healthy and also, you know, not overdoing it when it comes to supplements. And knowing that if you already taken multivitamin, you're going to probably get some calcium and vitamin D in there. Um, one other caveat before I switch from calcium and vitamin D in our diet is knowing that too much caffeine or too many intakes of like dark, dark cola drinks, that's going to also put you at risk for calcium deficiency. So making sure that if that is something that you do, you drink a lot of, um, caffeine or you are, you know, um, drinking a lot of colas, like, like people I feel like will drink like huge containers of like 32 ounce colas per day and multiple times, you may be someone at risk that's going to, you know, be at risk for osteoporosis because of that. Um, also we talked about smoking. We talked about calcium and vitamin D in your diet and then also drinking. So drinking too much alcohol and that's considered three drinks per day or more is going to be put you at risk for, um, developing osteoporosis. Um, you know, some of the concern is that if you're drinking, you may not be able to be absorbing and taking in other nutrient or calcium rich sources of getting enough calcium. So that's going to put you at risk. So, um, you know, minimizing your alcohol intake to at least for women, it's no more than one per day. And you're going to hear that as a theme in all of these probably, um, health diseases with women that alcohol is really in moderation. And for women, it's no more than one a day. And then lastly, the lifestyle factor that has like a really big part in all of this in addition to diet and the things we talked about was sedentary lifestyle. So a way that we can decrease our risk of developing osteoporosis is to increase any weight-bearing activity that we do. And this is because when you're sedentary and you're not doing anything, your bones can get weak, right? And so as you start to do more things where you're using gravity or whatever to kind of get your bone stronger, bones get stronger the more you work them. So weight-bearing activities are things when your body works against gravity. So it can be something as simple as you know, walking or jogging or dancing or going up and down the stairs, anything where you're moving your body and you're using your body's weight to get them stronger. And so these again are some modifiable things that you can do to decrease your risk of developing osteoporosis. First one, making sure that you're getting enough calcium and vitamin D. Um, Next, making sure that you are avoiding tobacco. Also, making sure that you drink no more than one drink per day as a woman because that's going to increase your risk of developing osteoporosis. Lastly, it's to start moving your body. And as the more you move your body, the more your bones get stronger and the more you work them, the better it is in terms of decreasing your osteoporosis risk. So, 
I thank you for listening today. If you feel like someone would benefit from listening to this, somebody who is at risk for osteoporosis or someone who is concerned about their health, please share this episode with them. The more we, um, the more we talk about these things, the more we normalize these things, the less scared we become and the more empowered we do, we become to take action because I believe, and that is the mission of this podcast is to have women take control of their health, finally start putting themselves first and become empowered to change their life. So I'll see you guys back here on Thursday for more episodes and I hope you have a great week.